Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. I want you to go with me to the book of Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1 and we'll read verse number 14. Can I have a little bit more warmth on the So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Zeatil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of all the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord. What does the remnant do? Work on the house of the Lord. So the work on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Say this, I'm part of the remnant. Say this is my hour to be used by God. Amen. I want to speak to you for a couple of minutes on the end time move of God. And the four things that really provokes a move of the Holy Spirit. And that uh, I want to explain to you how this works and also... Um, let you understand who we are as a movement, what we are doing, and how you are involved in this. And I want the whole team to grasp this word tonight. Every staff member, every person to take notes because this is so vital for us to understand what we are a part of. And here the word of the Lord says in Haggai chapter 1 that God is stirring up the spirit. Say this with me, God is stirring up. I don't know if you realize this, but there's a stir in the atmosphere. Right across the world, there's a stir of the Holy Spirit. There's a stir of the remnant that's coming together. You will see, we've started speaking about the shakings that's taking place. You're going to see a stirring taking place in the lives of people. I believe there's a stirring of the waters coming again. Like in the days of old, where the angel will stir the waters. God is stirring revival in the hearts of people. I am a well of water. I want God to stir me. Stir me, oh God. Stir everything inside of me. Let me be one of those people that walks around as a well of living waters of the presence of God. So God is stirring up a great move before he's coming back for us as his bride. And I believe there is a residue of people that went through a shaking that is now the survivors of the shaking that has taken place, which is called the remnant. And... As an apostle tonight, I want to wake up the spirit of a remnant here for a couple of minutes and take you to the place that God wants to bring us to in this end time move of the Holy Spirit. I believe there is a need for the awakening of the Holy Spirit. There is a desperate need for an awakening of the Holy Spirit in the church of Jesus Christ, in the body of Christ, right across the world, there is a stirring that needs to take place about the Holy Spirit, the workings of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What is He capable of doing? And I want you to understand that we need to have a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit. And this all-inclusive movement that's coming now is going to be a movement that you will see there will be uh, the, the former and the latter is coming together. This generation, you and me, we are part of this move of God to see the coming together of the former glories and the latter glories. The former outpourings and the latter outpourings. We had healing outpourings, we had miracle outpourings, we had pro prophecy outpourings, we had evangelism. But in this end time move, everything is going to come together. It's going to be a very powerful move. Even next week or the week after, we're going to come together in the arena and you will see in one meeting how the evangelism anointing will hit that place, how the prophetic will hit the place, how the apostolic will hit the place, how miracle signs and wonders will come because it's an all-inclusive movement everything combined in one and so it marks the close of the decade or of the uh, 
season, let me rather use that word, of the season that the body of Christ is in, we will see the final move of the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you some things on the revivals and what provokes a move of God, what helps us as a people to understand what God is doing. Now, why does revival or why is it that revivals die out? Why is it that movements become monuments? Why is it that we don't see a move of the Holy Ghost anymore? Do you know that, uh, the, I have to say this, but there are certain denominations in our nation, very big denominations uh, that's very powerful, very large, that started very powerfully in the move of God. The John Wesley, the Wesleyan revival, the Methodist revival, Azusa Street revival, the full gospel revival. The, the apostolic faith movement, John G. Lake and all these great men of God. William Brandon was in our nation. Prophesied that a revival will start here in this nation. We, we, we saw great moves of God and we saw great things. But my question is, why, doesn't it, why wasn't it sustained? Why are we now, I think if John G. Lake has to come back and see how his movement is, or the Wesleyan, John Wesley, and uh, the, the, the William Branhams, if they have to come back, they're going to say, oh my goodness, I don't know, this is not what we started. I don't want to leave this planet and then sit in heaven one day and say, look at these guys. We started a supernatural movement. Now they're all seeker-sensitive. Now they don't want to offend people. Nobody's getting healed. Nobody's getting delivered. Nobody's getting prayed for. Nobody's having encounters with God. We have to keep the fires burning. God provides the altar. We, as the people of God, must provide the, 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 the sacrifice for this fire. And so it's our responsibility to keep the fires burning. Now, why did these revivals or these movements die out? There's a couple of reasons, but let me give you one or two quickly here. Number one, they compromised the foundation of the truth of the gospel. They compromised the foundation of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we compromise the truth of the Lord, and the Lord will remove the Holy Spirit and His presence from that place. I've been in many places where the presence of God was very strong a couple of years back. Going back there again, you only feel program. You only feel man-made things. You only feel the structure and you don't feel the presence. Because here is the thing. Once you start compromising the truth of the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ will remove his presence. And then you're going to have to do everything in your power. To draw people, you're going to have to do all the entertainments, all the stuff in your own power to bring the people. Jesus said this, if you lift me up, I will draw all men unto you. So we're going to have to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to have to emphasize Jesus more than ever before. The finished work of the cross, the supernatural of the cross, the, the, the power of Jesus Christ. If we lift him up, he will draw all men unto us. It's not about how good you advertise. Believe me, we've advertised on everything and everywhere. It doesn't grow the church. Jesus is the head of the church. He grows the church at his pace, how he wants it, how he inst instituted it. We are just supposed to be good stewards of the sheep so when we compromise the truth we are in trouble and the holy spirit has been removed in the name of order the holy ghost has been removed from places in the name of prestige people don't like the supernatural because they're going to fall and what will people think about this and the millionaires will come you're millionaires in this building man they're not offended by this they love this because this is what brought them from nothing to something. They, they will be forever grateful for the move of the Holy Ghost. And so the consequence of, the, of rejecting Holy Spirit is that there will be no spirit in the church. There will be the structure but no spirit. And I've seen this. That we will compromise and people will compromise the truth of the gospel. For the sake of money. Hello? I know you're not that involved in the world church, but let me tell you this. People have compromised their ministries for money. 
They have compromised their ministries for fame. They go to mountains and pray to witchcraft gods just to have fame. And they give millions of rands to people just to have fame. And I just have a photo with this guy. And they pay money for this. And they, have, they, they compromise the truth. They compromise the churches for the sake of fame and money and prestige. We have to be very careful that we don't compromise the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't want to be persecuted for the sake of the gospel. Let me tell you this, I've been persecuted for the sake of this movement like you cannot believe. And it doesn't come from within my church. It comes from within the circle of friends, circle of people close to us that you think will stand with you. They're not with you. You must understand that you're being persecuted in your friendship to say, I need to pay this price. I'm going to sacrifice this price. This is the first time we're going out as a church into a secular arena. I'm not organizing this for another preacher and for another organization. We as the church are going up. Every opposition you can think about has come. But I'm breaking ground, standing in the, in the faith that that night when we come in that place, if there's a hundred, there's a hundred. If there's a thousand, there's a thousand. But one thing I know is I've broken through some bondages in the spiritual realm so that my children and your children and children's children can say, there was a day when that thing shifted in South Africa. If I don't step out, you're never going to fill the stadiums. You're never going to fill anything in your life. Cost us millions. How do you believe for that? We believe for that. God raised up remnant givers in this church. There are tithers. And at the same time, they come and say, we want to, we want to pay for the, for the movement. And I thank God for remnant givers, for people who are not bound by fame and money, but that says, give me the gospel. Give me the, the presence of God. Give me the kingdom of God. Let me do this. I cannot get on the platform and preach, but you get on there. You preach without any worries about any, any bill. Let the glory of God touch my business to become a financier, funder in the end time, investor in the end time. Tell the person next to you, you don't know who you sit next to. When you don't have truth, you don't have a reality. And so we need an awakening of the Holy Spirit. Why don't we see miracles in the church of Jesus Christ anymore? We don't see miracles anymore because they have rejected the Holy Spirit. Come and meet the Holy Ghost at class 101 on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Saturday morning. We don't want him to disrupt the crowd. What a bunch of nonsense is this? How can we have church without the Holy Ghost? And we do it in the name of. It's for the people. It is for the sinner. Listen, there's more people in here than there were sinners tonight in this house. If it was an evangelistic outreach, then the gospel changed. And not the gospel, the message will change. I'll preach about the blood. I'll preach about cross. I'll preach about anything if this was a gospel Evangelism outreach. Understand? Because we're bullying the people in. There will be more sinners than Christians. But in the house of God. Yeah, we come together to glorify the name of the Lord. To exalt the name of the Lord. To lift up the name of Jesus. To come together. He says, when you come together, come in unity. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Lift up holy hands to the Lord. Bow before the Lord. Bring your tithes. Bring your offerings into the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is where the kingdom of God is expanding. How can we reject the Holy Ghost in the house? And so the second thing is, the first thing why we don't see a movement continue is because the foundational truths are being compromised. Secondly is that people criticize the movement. So once you start criticizing the movement or become critical towards the movement, that movement dies. Religious people will criticize what they cannot produce. Hey, that was a good one right there. Religious people will criticize a move of God because they cannot produce. What we are preaching. 
I want to move of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to jump in instead of sitting outside criticizing everything that's going on. Let us jump in the river and say, God, move by your spirit. Give us something, Lord, that we can move by your glory. If this is the end time move of the Holy Spirit, and this is what God wants to do for now, that we become a supernatural church, when we don't sit around criticizing, complaining, we jump in and we get hungry for God and we start doing what God wants us to do. Shout amen if you believe it here tonight. So the price. You have to pay for a movement is criticism. But it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And I want to say this tonight. I'm going to give you four things. You can provoke a move of God. Smith Wigglesworth, they told him, or he said to the people, if God doesn't move, I'll make him move. Reinhard Bonker said the same thing. He says, if God doesn't move, I'm going to make him move. And they said, how are you going to do it? He says, I'm going to call the blind eyes. On this stage, I'm going to pray for them. Now God has to move. If I bring my offering in that and I put it down here, I've just provoked something. You must understand, I don't give money. Just everybody. I come here with a purpose in my heart. That when I give tonight, I'm going to provoke heavens to react. I'm not just throwing money away. I'm not giving money away just for the whatever. I am sowing and I'm placing a demand. God, I place a demand on my seed. I will make you move in my finances. I will see a demonstration of your power in my finances. I place a demand on that seed. When I come to church, I place a demand on everything in this building. I place a demand on the Ephesians. I place a demand on the camera people. I place a demand on the band. I place a demand on everything. Because I'm provoking, activating, moving. When I came in here, the atmosphere was all over. I just said, man, to hell with that. I am going to provoke the presence of God in this place. We're going to move of the Holy Ghost tonight. The Holy Spirit will not stop the Word to produce a movement tonight. I want you to understand a movement will go to another level tonight. Come on, provoke Him a little bit by your praise, your worship. Shout out to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm renting that arena to provoke God. You will move. You must come. You must demonstrate yourself. While they're gambling, we want to see the power of God. Come on. When people are criticizing the move of God, that church will be, that arena will be filled with people hungry for God, crying out for God, placing a demand on the atmosphere. Four things that provoke a move of God. Are you ready for this? How many of you want to see a move of the Holy Ghost like never before? Come on, Africa and Europe and England and America where we're broadcasting in. I'm telling you, your nations can have a move of the Holy Ghost. Tonight, wherever you're watching from, whether it's day or evening, you are going to start placing things into the atmosphere and God is going to visit your city. He's going to visit your nation. He's going to visit the government, parliament, the king, the queen, the prince, whoever. God is going to touch your nation. Come on, let's raise up a remnant. I'm stirring a remnant in all the continents that you will be carriers of a movement. Hallelujah. Let me see. Kenya is watching. Nigeria is watching. Namibia is watching. Come on here. Malawi is watching. America is watching. Here in South Africa we have Sanin, Vusta, Riches Bay, Cape Town. Come on. Let's pray for our nations and our cities. One, two, come on, how many how many nations are watching? Sopra Magandaraba. One, two, three, four, five. Come on, five nations are now tuned in. I release the glory of God upon your nation. Your arena shall be filled. Your stadium shall be filled. Even you all that are watching now, God is stirring up the remnant and you'll be a carrier of the supernatural power of God in your nation, in your city. I declare it right now. South Africa, you shall obey right now. The voice of the supernatural. Come on, praise Him in the house.
provoke the Holy Ghost to move a little bit here. Hallelujah. Now, how do you provoke the revival? Number one, write down. You must have revelation knowledge. You must have revelation knowledge. Revelation is the knowledge of God in the now. So if I say you must have revelation knowledge, that means you must have, have the revelation of the mind of God in the now, here. Because revelation causes a movement. And it sustains a movement. So let me help you a little bit to understand this. When I received that revelation of the movement of the supernatural through Apostle Maldonado, I started digging into this. I started understanding this. I started studying the move. I started getting revelation on it. The reason why it's sustained for seven years is because of revelation knowledge of this. If I just fell under the power of God, got up and fly, flew back to South or to my home church and never pursued it, we would have been still stuck in a little building with a little bit of people, with a little bit of money, with no cameras, with nothing like this. But there was a revelation knowledge that was birthed. How do I keep us a move of financial prosperity sustained in my life? I have revelation knowledge of it. Why do I understand the grace of God? Because I have revelation knowledge of it. So whatever you have revelation knowledge on, you have dominion. I understand atmospheres. I've studied atmospheres. I understand this thing. I know how to shift an atmosphere. In, I, it, I, it depends how long I want to do it. I can do it in, in the first 10 seconds getting on a platform. I can wait until 10 minutes. Sometimes I do it only at the end of, of the service. Because I've got revelation knowledge of it. So this move of the Holy Ghost, this end time move, I want you to study the move of God. Do you understand that you're going to be part of the history of this nation in the years to come? We're going to tell our children's children, there was a day that we came together in arenas. And I saw miracles happening and signs and wonders. Those are the days that are going to come back in the name of Jesus. I remember the days of old with the tents. I remember the days of my dad. We preached the gospel and the tents blew away. And sometimes we had to hold on to the poles because the wind is taking it away. But I remember every deaf ear, every blind eye that opened. I remember every cripple that walked. I declare to this generation, you shall have memories of this coming move of the Holy Ghost. You will tell your children's children of a move of the supernatural. That is an all-inclusive move. The former glory and the latter glory coming together. And we're going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost like never before. How many of you believe it here tonight? Shout a big amen. Shout woo. So I need to have revelation knowledge. To provoke a move of the Holy Ghost. Whew. Revelation causes motion. Causes momentum. That momentum produces manifestation. And revelation produces, I like this, translation from where you are into the dimension that God wants you to go to. I've said it a couple of minutes ago. See your future and pull it into the now. Because I can believe God that not just one arena will be filled, but all of the arenas in South Africa can be filled. But I have to go there into the future and bring it into the now. You can have 10 homes if you want. 50 homes, doesn't matter. But you need to start accessing this. Now, let me use this as an example. How do I provoke a movie in my finances? I place a demand. I want the property. Go and apply. If you don't apply, you're not, you're not placing a demand. 
I'm believing. No, go. As you go. That's how it works. Now you place a demand. God, I cannot afford this in the natural. So let me see you move. Hey, I need to pause here. Just one second. Philippians chapter 4. Verse number 19. This is now free. This is the revelation from heaven. At 629. My God shall supply. All your needs according to his riches in glory. Your perspective of need and God's perspective of need is two different things. My perspective of a need is, God, I need still so much money for the movement. All right? So, Lord, can you please provide for us? So that's a need for me. God's perspective is, where there's a need... I can work. My God works where there's needs. You think it's a crisis. God says it's an opportunity for me. That's the only way I can work. (laughs) He cannot work anywhere else if there's not a need. If you need a need in your your body, He works. If there's no need, you don't need God. So he says, the more need you have, the more opportunities. I have to demonstrate that I am El Shaddai. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the God of more than enough. Change your mind about needs and say, hey, I thank God. All my needs, they met. But praise God, it's an opportunity for my God to show himself as El Shaddai. Come on, hallelujah. He doesn't see it as, whoa, tomorrow you have to pay bills. He goes, <laughs> yay, I'm going to show myself to him. I'm going to show myself to my daughter. I will supply all your needs according to my riches. I want to show you my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But you need to have a need. That was free. <laughs> and maybe I can just say this. I don't get all twisted up because of needs. No. He says, it's impossible for me not to work. Don't ever blame God. He's there. He's never changed. He was there before you came here. He will be here until... Eternity and eternity and eternity. All he wants is you to trust him. Believe in him. Hallelujah. So where there is no movement, there will be religion. The Holy Spirit works through knowledge. The the Holy Spirit works through revelation knowledge. I want you to understand that our spirit, my spirit, your spirit... Won't move, or let me rather say this the Holy Spirit won't move through Google, He moves through the revelation knowledge. Hmm? Yeah, but Google say tithing is not for today. Listen, Google wasn't even this Bible was there before Google. Google is going to change in a couple of years. I'm telling you right now, you must understand. I grew up in Varel Spectrum. My parents had to buy Varel Spectrum. They told my parents, you're going to work on a, a thing like this. And you can Google everything. They're going to say, what, what is Google? What is that little thing? No, you're going to walk around with a phone in your hand. No. What? But somebody had revelation knowledge. Don't think what you have now is going to be forever. Because in about 20 years from now, your kids will have things and they're going to laugh at you and say, you walked around with that crazy. (laughs) So the Holy Ghost don't work through Google. He works through revelation knowledge. (sighs) What is he saying? What is he doing? I want to hear what God is saying, not what he said 20 years ago. I want to understand the spiritual realm. The second thing that moves and that brings 
a move of the Holy Ghost is unity. John chapter 17, verse number 22, and we also read Acts chapter 2. And the glory which you gave me. That's powerful. How many of you know Jesus had a lot of glory? You gave me, I have given them. That they may be one. Just as we are one. My Father and the Holy Ghost, we are one. You gave me the glory. Now I'm only going to give it to those who walk in unity. Because if they are in unity, we are one just like we are one. How do I sustain the move of the Holy Ghost? Unity. I will fight unity. Some people fight freedom. I fight unity. If there's one thing if you want to tick me is to get off in disunity. Because it, the Holy Spirit only operates in unity. That's why sometimes I have to bring the whole church. Come in unity. Here. This is where we are. You there. You must come here. Everybody lifts holy hands. Not 50 people. Everyone. Because we need to get on the... Same page here. Where there's unity, they all command my blessings. Say so unity. Can everybody say unity? Let me hear the gallery. One, two, three. <laughs> preach about <laughs> preach about unity, and only five people say unity. Are you getting this tonight? Unity. Unity in the spirit. Unity when we pray. Tomorrow night is corporate prayer. Prayer. When I come here, I expect the whole church to be here. Yet people don't come because they're not in unity with the running of the vision. I understand if you work late. Don't get me all wrong. But unity. Why do we struggle to get unity in the church? People are against each other, hate each other, sitting in the same building, hate each other. How do we expect God to move? You explain that to me. How, how do you explain that? I want to release my glory. I want to release my power. As we are one, I give it to them. Just as we are one. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 and verse number 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all worth... How many? In where? Place. And suddenly. Look what happens when there's unity. That's why I don't even, I have faith that all of you are coming to the movement. Now some of you shout, I mean you don't even have a ticket. You must come. Because we are in unity. We are in a unit force. We are marching to that arena and we're going to release the power of the Holy Ghost in that place. Because we are unit, a unit fighting together. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So listen to this. When God sees unity, he's, He is pleased. And the Holy Ghost moves. You can write this down for future reference. Strife grieves the Holy Spirit. And he will not stay in a place where there is strife. Until, or even others say this, unity will never work with a personal agenda. If you have a personal agenda, unity... And the power of God will not work there. We have to put our agendas aside. We have to put our agendas aside and say, God, we put our agendas, our personal agendas aside. And we are now believing God for unity. If you saw, if, if you saw the, the clip of the movement, I said, I see people coming together. 
black and white, Indian and colored, Dutch reformed, AFM, full gospel, Catholic, charismatic, young and old, rich and poor, everybody, people with beards, people without beards, people with no hair, people with hair, everybody is coming together because we're going to come as the remnant and say, God, here we are, meet us at the place. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the, in the faith. We are one mind, one heart, one position. Come on, we are one in the spirit. We are one in the spirits. We are one in the spirits. We are one in the spirits. Yeah. Everybody shout one. Say, say there's unity in the spirits. Division is the spirit of immaturity. God will not deal and dwell with us where there is division. Will not. And there's so much division in the church, in leaders, in pastors, in fivefold that we have. And the reason, the only reason is because we have our personal agendas. The biggest thing I have to fight with this movement is that people think I have an agenda behind this. There's no agenda behind this. We want Africa to be changed. And Europe. We want to take this movement to Africa and to Europe and to America, right across the world, and stir the spirit of God. And so we need to let go of our agendas and then God will start moving. The third characteristic of this is you need to be hungry for God. Hungry for God. Matthew chapter 5 verse number 6 says the following. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. After this meeting, I'm going to have my peanut butter and syrup sandwich with a cup of coffee. Okay? Now, let me ask this. Be honest with me. I've been saying this for many, many months and weeks and years, whatever. How many of you really go after a Sunday night and have peanut butter and syrup? Look at this. I, I told the team, I said, I'm going to sell peanut butter and syrup sandwiches right there. I will sell them. I'll make them for a hundred bucks. I'll make, I promise you now, you'll buy that thing. Because I create a hunger. All you see now is thyme and peanut butter and syrup sandwiches. Blessed are those who are hungry. That's why I tell you about the Smith Wigglesworths. I love it when the, the one story when he prayed, the, uh, the, the, the history tells us that when he prayed, the atmosphere became so thick that people couldn't breathe. When it became so hot. Sometimes in his meetings, I can feel it become so hot uh, because of, of the fire of God falling. And so, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, they said, he will pray and, and people will crawl out of the, the room because he's, his prayer is so intensifying, so powerful. And then one reporter, the one that wrote the article, said, I'm going to have to look at this. That's impossible. And he went there and he sat in, this, in, in the room and he says, I will not leave. I'm going to stay right here. And then he said, sure enough, one by one, leopard crawl out of the building. <laughs> leopard crawl, leopard crawl. Couldn't breathe. He says, after a while, I'm the only one left with Smith Wigglesworth and I couldn't breathe anymore. And I started leopard crawling out because of the intensity of the supernatural presence of God. My prayer is that that will come back. Just like last Sunday night, when the glory of God comes, that we don't have time to preach and we don't have time to do the programs because of the glory of God. I believe it's coming back in the name of Jesus. We will see a move of the Holy Spirit like never before. In Taiwan with Apostle Maldonado in his last crusade, uh, the glory of God came in that place, in that arena. And everyone was healed. Hundreds of miracles just started happening. And the intensity of the presence of God was so powerful there. And, and he said this to the Lord. He says, God, why did you come to this meeting? And God said to him this, because of the hunger of the people. Last Sunday night, you know, when I, when I got home, um, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why did you show up? 
Was it a song? What did we do? And I heard the Spirit of God say at this point, the hunger of the people caused me to come. Where there is no hunger, there is no presence of God. There will be no seeking of prayer. If there's no hunger, you will see no prayer in the church. If there's no hunger, there will be no praise and worship. There will be, but it will be very flat. I determine the level of, of the presence of God on the level of the hunger of the musicians. Are you playing or are you provoking? What are you doing? What are you doing with this atmosphere that I give you? So you need to now build this thing. Create the hunger of the presence of God. Place a demand on the presence of God. When you see this hunger, you'll see prayer. Like tomorrow night's corporate prayer. Hungry people come. Hungry people go to the movement. As a matter of fact, I've seen sometimes the greatest moves of God after a service. People leave. Listen, go. It's seven o'clock. Go home. And then the people that stay behind, the glory of God. Because they said, I'm, I didn't come here for a meeting. I came to have a meeting with the, the man, the God. And I will not leave this place until I have an encounter with God. And that's the hunger that I'm talking about. The hunger of giving, a hunger of praise and of worship, a hunger of prayer. There's such a lot of people without empty or empty without the presence of God. Empty. Worship leaders, empty. I thank God for our team here. Put your hands together for this team. They are hungry for God. They want more of God. They want the presence of God just like I want it. And that's why God is exalting them and lifting them up. And we're going through the process. But you must understand it's because of a hunger for the presence of God. Hunger for the presence of God. And they're not empty. I've heard the best, best musicians probably in the world. And you can hear where there's just emptiness. It's not presence. I've heard preachers that preach excellent articulated messages without the presence of God. Do you know that when you come and maybe you stand up here or we can go and sit in your classes or we can just be with you. I can hear on your tone of voice if you're hungry or not. Now maybe it's not for everyone but as the apostle of the church I can feel that I can sense it. Just by you speaking. I want to hear the presence of God. So one of the marks of the end time remnant is that they have an uh, unquenchable hunger. They just want more of God. More of the power of God. More of the glory of God. 1998, we had a move of the Holy Ghost in Cape Town that lasted 236 days. What provoked that? Three night service ended up in 236 nights. Most of the year I was there. The thing that provoked that thing that move was the hunger for people that says I want to see the miracle power of God I've never seen so many sick people healed in my life than in those days because people just wanted to they were hungry for the miraculous how hungry are you for God just put your personal agenda aside I am not teaching about the heart for nothing we build it he wants to make your heart his home, his dwelling place of his presence. But he wants a healed heart, surrendered heart. There has never been a move where faith was the only ingredient that brought a move. Hunger brought the move of God. In 2012, I stood in a meeting with Apostle Maldonado here in South Africa, in East London. And in that meeting, the presence of God came and he said the following, he says, Jesus will be here in five minutes. And we started counting four. 
three, two, one. And the next moment, the power of God came in the back of that building. And people started flying all across that arena, uh, that auditorium, that faith broadcast network. Legs started growing. People started getting healed. Demons started manifesting. And Apostle Malnado said, this says, God, what brought you here? He says, the hunger of the people. We need to get hungry again for God. God, come in your strength. Come in your power. The fourth thing, and I'm closing with this, is Sacrifice. What, what sustains a move? What provokes a move of God? A sacrifice. Everything that you sacrifice will be, is ready really to be poured out upon you. Sacrifice is not very friendly in this generation. We just want everything very quick. There's going to be a sacrifice you have to do. A sacrifice. We want everything convenient, comfortable, and profitable. There's a sacrifice to this. There's a sacrifice to the anointing. This generation must understand the sacrifice for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They want the privileges, but not the sacrifices. They want the wealth not the giving. <laughs> hey, God's going to bless you. Yeah! All right, it's now time to give. They want the wealth. They don't want the sacrifice. Lay your hands upon me, apostle. I want the double portion of the Spirit of God upon your life. <sighs> right now, I need you to go and pray. You need to go and work, work on this thing. You need to now be committed. I want to see you in church. I want to see you work in church. I want to see you committed. I want to see you in every service. I want to see you pray. I want to see you seek the face of God. I want you to walk in unity. I just want to fall under that. No. I have a problem. My problem is that people abuse my sacrifices. They spit on my sacrifice. They want my mantle. They want what I carry. Want to be around me, do everything. But they don't know how much I paid for this movement. They want everything I have. Yet they spit on my sacrifices. If I say that, they're just easy to leave. We'll be with you. I've heard this so many times. We are like David's mighty man. Go get the water. And the easiest thing to resign from this church is just to WhatsApp me. Thank you for your time. God bless you. I want to be my armor bearers, not even in church. My sacrifice. I've prayed from 3 o'clock this afternoon to be here. Prayed from 5 o'clock this morning to be in the house of God. I fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed for a move of the Holy Ghost. I've given all, everything I have to be spat on. Sacrifice for me is everything. I sacrifice daily to the Lord. I give myself daily to the Lord in prayer, in everything I have. And I'm telling you tonight, God is going to stir up a spirit of sacrifice again. It's a sacrifice. Now I'm taking it to, from me to you. It's a sacrifice to sit in this meeting. It's a sacrifice to get in a car, come back to church on the evening. It's a sacrifice to, 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 to take your children out in the cold. It's a sacrifice. And wherever there's a sacrifice, there is the presence of God. Sacrifice equals time. My time is a sacrifice. Your time is a sacrifice. Every time we come and we bring our times, it's a sacrifice. And God put the fire on the altar, but it's our responsibility as the priest to keep this fire burning. Sacrifices provides power. If you want the fire, if you want the revival, if you want a move of God, you're going to have to put some sacrifices 
on this altar. And then God will move with His people and for His people. Prayer, fasting, is spiritual sacrifices. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to give. Some of you are natural givers, so it doesn't, it's not really a sacrifice. But coming to the house of God is a sacrifice. Being in ministry is a sacrifice. <laughs> I've been through hell, high waters, everything. I still got on this platform, whether I like it or not. A sacrifice. I said, God, I'll preach the gospel. I lay myself down. If the apostle John could be boiled in oil, Three times. Apostle Paul crucified. Peter crucified upside down. Taking their skin off their flesh. Only bones stick out. Hang on palisades. We're going to go in Israel there. Hang on palisades across the city. The sons of Abraham and and all these people because they worship God. Listen, then who am I to? It's too cold, man. I've got a problem with that sister and that brother in church. I'm not going to church. What a bunch of babies we are. Put up the armor of God and say, I will die. Lord, I lay myself upon the altar tonight. I die to my personal agenda. I die to myself. So that when I die, He lives in me. Paul said, I present myself a living sacrifice to the Lord. Now family, I'm going I'm to pray with you. Your transformation cannot begin until you've sacrificed. I think... There are so many sacrifices that have taken place in this church. And, I, and I've said this, this church is not built on the gifts of people. It's built upon the sacrifices of widows and poor people that had nothing that just said, this is my everything. The stand ran giving, I'm giving everything. This morning an old lady walked down the aisle not going to call her name I, I just know her she's been with us since the beginning of this ministry she walked down here and she placed an offering right there walking back she could have waited for the basket to come past but she stood up as a sacrifice I'm going to give to the Lord the 10 rand she gave or the 20 rand is what she has out of her abundance she gave some of us millions and we can't even give 10 rand sacrifice that little child that was healed in Mexico that sold food for three sold food for the arena he had a heart problem he says I'm going to that arena he's 10 years old I'm going to go to the arena so he sold food to get money, a ticket for the for the event. He got the ticket. He said to his mom, here's the ticket. Here's the money for the ticket. We're going to go. He packed his little bag. He's going to get on a train with his mom to go and get healed. And then he said, mom, on the way, it's a three-day journey. On the way, I'm going to sell more stuff so that we can have money for an offering. <laughs> Sacrifices. What brings the presence of God? My hunger. What brings the presence of God? When we're in unity. What brings the presence of God? When I have revelation knowledge. And last is when I can give a sacrifice to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And tonight, I feel the presence of God coming. Jesus was the biggest sacrifice of all. I love, I am forever indebted to Him. Saved my life. I was a mess. Save me. How can I not serve him? How come is it an issue to be in the house of the Lord after he gave his whole life for me? He can take this away any moment. But by his grace, I am here. I'm standing here. I'm forever grateful to him. I will be a sacrifice. A living sacrifice. If I had it my way, I would have done it so many other ways. And I would have done so many other decisions. But I'm a living sacrifice to Him. So what is spiritual sacrifice? I lay my own life down. 
I worship, I pray, I bring offerings, I share. I want you to write this down. What is a spiritual sacrifice? My own life is a sacrifice. Worship is a sacrifice. Prayer is a sacrifice. My offerings is a sacrifice. Sharing with one another is a sacrifice. And here it comes. Ready for this one? Fellowship. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse number 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15 and verse number 16. What is sacrifices? To fellowship. Therefore, by Him let us continually offer sacrifices of praise to God. That is the fruit of your lips. Giving thanks to His name. Look at verse 16. But do not forget to do good and to share. Hello? For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now you can go and, and carry on reading about the fellowship. They were in fellowship. Acts chapter 9. They were in fellowship. I want you to see this. Fellowship is birthing purposes together. When we fellowship together, God is pleased with that. The canonia of the church. Why is fellowshipping so awesome and so, so powerful? Listen, when I sit with people around a table, we can have our peanut butter and syrup sandwich. I'm telling you tonight, all of, all of a sudden around the table, wisdom starts flowing. Purposes starts flowing. The greatest ideas I've ever had was around fellowship tables. So listen to this. And then we're going to pray. What is the power of a sacrifice? It causes a revival and a movement. The power of a sacrifice, it causes a movement. Number two, the fire of God falls on a sacrifice. How many of you have heard about the Pensacola revival? A couple of you, you need to go and study your revival. I want you to do that so that you can get hungry for revival. The Pensacola revival lasted for seven years. Pastor John Kilpatrick, he said him and his church prayed for two and a half years, 24 hours a day for a move of God. And then God showed up. I was in that meeting. Right there, I sat right in the front with Dr. David Remedius. And Raymond Salia was with us. I sat right there. That night, uh, a guest speaker showed up. I've never heard of him in my life. His name is Jensen Franklin. I didn't know him. I liked his preaching. After he preached, he called and he walks to me. He says, come here. He says, God is taking a movement and a revival back to you, to your nation. We'll start under the young people. And the angel of revival will go with you. <laughs> and then they said, all, all the sinners, if you, are a, if you are a Christian, would you please go and sit in the overflows or come tomorrow night. There are hundreds of sinners waiting outside to come in. People will walk on the, if you walk on the property, people fall under the power of God. In the toilets, people fall under the power of God. When they said, right now, we're going to get saved, people ran to the front. But it took two and a half, two and a half years of 24-hour prayer to perfect that he said he would go on a Sunday morning or whenever in the morning hours and just go and pray in the church. I think I'm going to one day just rock up here at 5 o'clock on a Sunday morning and just pray. Fill the atmosphere. Hunger for God. So the sacrifice brings revival, brings a move of God, brings the fire of God. And lastly, it creates a spiritual weight in the atmosphere. A person who carries prayer has weight in the atmosphere. If you don't carry weight in the atmosphere, in the spiritual realm, 
and I give you a meeting like this, you will fall flat on your face. Because your capacity is only for two people. You must create a capacity for more. If I give you a million rand and your capacity in the spiritual realm is only 20,000 rand, you're going to lose 980,000 rand. If I give you 20,000 rand and your capacity is a million, you'll make 980,000. So when we are living sacrifices, our words pierce. If you want to have power, you must sacrifice. Sacrifice. Then the power of God comes. I want you to stand with me tonight. I've spoken about a move of the Holy Ghost. How to provoke the presence of God. His presence come where there are hungry people. Where there's a sacrifice. A sacrifice. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.